Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. Pastor James is fired up and ready to preach. I hope you enjoy this sermon. if I'm hobbling more than usual. I was walking down my stairs last night and something popped under my kneecap, my left knee. Had three surgeries on that knee, so. But it's all right. Bless God, we're here. And God, and the Holy Spirit is here, more importantly. I'll just also want to remind everyone at our annual business meetings at the conclusion of the service, we won't have our normal ending time we do in the service. You'll Go back and get your fob and some snacks, and then register, uh, and then come back in, and we'll get to go on business. There'll be no service tonight as a result, and so just be aware of that. I'll just want to see if Jim Henning is here. Jim, are you here? Jim, would you stand? Jim was honored with 50 years as an ordained minister by the Assemblies of God. He was honored at District Council, and I'll tell you, that's a great honor. Also, we just want to keep folks in prayer, especially David Aldretti and his wife, Joni Davids, on uh, hospice right now. So can we go to the Lord in prayer? God, I thank you for David and Joni, and I just thank you for what sweet people they are, Lord. And God, they're facing this challenge, God. And Lord, we know that you care and that you understand and you answer in your way. And so, Father, I just pray your peace on them in Jesus' name and still pray for a healing and a miracle, God, because you are faithful. And so, Lord, we just bring them before you. God, we have many requests, Lord, that have come through the church this week. God, you know, the, you know the need. And, God, I thank you for all the answered prayer, the miracles, God, that, that we have seen in prayer in the altar and, and prayer with our elders. God, you're doing a great and mighty thing, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're still on Stretch Out Your Hand to Heal, and in the Acts chapter 4, Peter and John performed a miracle at the temple. As a result, the temple leaders arrested Peter and John. Isn't that great? You do a miracle, you get busted. And they told them not to speak publicly about Jesus ever again, so the disciples called a prayer meeting, and this is what they prayed in Acts 4.29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Our theme for 2023 is stretch out your hand to heal. We're believing God to do that. However, before we stretch out our hand to heal, we need boldness. See, boldness doesn't just come. It, it, there's, a, there's a process to receiving boldness. Before we can see those signs and wonders, we need to believe God for that holy confidence. And so our first question that we, that we discussed was, what is boldness after all? And here is the definition of biblical boldness. It means freedom of speech, plainness, openness, freedom in speaking, the absence of fear which accompanies freedom of speech. And so we're to be bold in our preaching, bold in power, bold with orthodoxy, bold in hope, bold and fearless. That sounds like a soap opera, but still. (laughs) Bold and fearless. Bold against opposition, bold for grace, and bold in asking. If you're going to come to God and ask for something, be bold. 
Now, our second question is, how do we get all this boldness? We know what it is. We've defined it. We took a couple sermons to to discuss it. Now we need to find out where it comes from, because it doesn't come from us. It's not something within us. It comes from God. And our scripture passage gives us four ways we acquire boldness. The first step in acquiring boldness is to be, number one, prayed up. This is where it begins, folks. If you want to be bold, if you want power, if you want to stretch out your hand to heal, you better be prayed up. Because how many of you know when you, when you do healings and you pray, you're in the enemy's territory. And he's going to resist you. And so there's nothing more important than prayer. As someone once said, there's nothing more talked about and least practiced than prayer. We know, I mean, there's sermons after sermons on prayer. We know it's important, but the, the challenge comes in actually doing the praying. And it's the praying that changes things, and including us. And so I know you hear this from me all the time. I beat this drum, read the word and be in prayer. But I'm telling you, it's the answer. And in fact, many times the reason we're struggling is because we we are detached from the Lord in our prayer and in the study of the word. We need to be in the word daily. You need prayer daily, whenever is a good time for you. Because the practice of prayer is a prerequisite to the bestowing of boldness. We're not going to have God give us boldness if we don't have a practice, a prayer habit. The Life Application New Testament says, in the face of this recent persecution, the believers spontaneously joined in prayer to acknowledge God's sovereign control. This appeal to the God of creation shows that God, who has the power to create the universe will have power over their enemies. Everything in heaven and earth is subject to God and his will. Amen? Amen. God is sovereign. He is in control. He's in control of world events. Don't worry about what's going on, what you read on the news or Facebook, whatever it may be, social media. God knew it was happening before it happened. God knows what's going to happen. Not, and this is what's amazing. He created the universe. Doesn't he have the power to help you in, in your little problem? Comparatively, Now, it may be a big problem to us, but to God, it's nothing. Nothing's too hard for him. And so the disciples were being persecuted for preaching in the name of Jesus. And yet they, they, it, they prayed an interesting prayer. It wasn't just to get them out of their troubles. It was to get them through it with God's glory. We can be bold because we know God's in control. God has your back. When we are bold... From the Holy Spirit and the biblical boldness, we know God is in control and he is going to see us through this. And that's why we have this freedom, because we know God has a plan. He's always working things together for our good. Now, it may seem like Satan is winning sometimes, but that's what he thought when Jesus died on the cross, right? And he, he thought he had won. God loves turning the tables on the devil. We're studying the book of Job on Wednesday nights and we're seeing how God is ultimately in control. The devil thought he was, but God is in control. Now, sometimes that's what we we struggle with. God, if you're in control, why did you allow this to happen? We're going to unpack that a little bit. God, listen to this. God is sovereign even over Satan. Sometimes we give the devil way too much credit. We're afraid of the devil, and the Bible says that he's afraid of you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. The demons tremble at the name of Jesus. And we bear that name. We are children of God. 
And so we, we should not fear the devil or fear... Now, tr- granted, he is a foe. He is a roaring lion. He's not to be trifled with, but he's not to be afraid of either as a believer in Christ. We have something that comes with boldness, and that's called authority in the name of Jesus. We can be bold because we have that authority in the name of Jesus to rebuke the devil and he must flee. I wasn't even in my minutes, so note somebody might have needed that. So, according to Wearsby, he says, in their prayer, they're praying up, they did not ask for protection. Isn't that interesting? They'd been threatened. But they did not ask for protection, they asked for power. Sometimes we're praying for protection when God's wanting us to pray for power. Protection keeps us from the problem. Power brings us through it. And so it's okay to pray for protection, but be sensitive to the Spirit because God may be saying, no, what you really need is power to overcome. Because God is going to teach our hands to war. He goes on. They did not ask for fire from heaven to destroy the enemy. I'd like to try that just one time. God, just let me do it one time. I probably shouldn't because somebody would do it to me. So they did not ask for fire from heaven to destroy the enemy, but for power from heaven to preach the word and heal the sick. God, don't rescue us out of this. Be glorified in it. And the emphasis is on the hand of God at work in the life of the church, not the hand of man at work for God. Believing prayer releases God's power and enables God's hand to move. Now you said, Pastor, I thought you said God is sovereign. He is sovereign. But what's amazing is he partners with us when we pray. Before God's going to move, he's going to move upon people to do his will. And he can raise up kings and tear them down. So God often uses people to accomplish his sovereign will. And so we need to pray that God enables us to have power to do his will. Talk to God first before talking to anyone else. How about that? When your problem comes up, when you get the bad news... Don't go call a friend, dial a friend. Back in the day when we had that game show, what was that game show called? Who wants to be a millionaire? Thank you, amen, right there. Phone a friend. Don't even phone a friend yet. First, go to God yourself. You don't need to go to anybody else first because Jesus is the one mediator between God and man. So it is good to have corporate prayer and group prayer, but first, before you talk to anyone else, talk to God. Because once you're done talking to God, he may not want you talking to anybody else. Now, there is a time, and he may prompt us to, but I think if we got in the habit of, and I was thinking about this just the other day, how, much, how many things I allowed to worry in my mind before I started praying. Man, start praying first, and the worries will eventually go. And so it's, it's so important that we talk to God first about our challenges and our problems. So before we can ask God to stretch out his hand, we need to be prayed up. God is going to do a move within a people that are prayed up. This is so critical, so important that we understand this. Make it a prayer habit. Let it grow in your life. Just talk to God like you would talk to your spouse. Just talk to God. I was thinking of a clever joke, but I'm going to leave it alone. Another way we become bold is by being, number two, shaken up. Come on. It says in our text that after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. I am so resisting the urge to pose like Elvis and seeing I'm all shook up. I'm just feeling it, just feeling it. My wife's begging me, don't do it. 
the urge is so powerful, but I will resist. When God moves in a mighty way, things get shaken up. It's all through the Bible. God did some shaking, a whole lot of shaking going on. Not the Elvis kind, but here we go. Let's look at the different times that God brought a shaking and what the context was and what, why he did it. The presence of the Lord brings a shaking. A true manifest presence of the Lord brings a shaking, both literally and figuratively sometimes. Look at Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 3. I preached on this, I think, a year or so ago. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted. Oh, I love this. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphs, each, had, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What an, I love that song, Echo. That echo from heaven. Holy, the, they'd sing holy on one side and it would echo across heaven, holy on the other side, back and forth. The whole earth is full of his glory. Oh. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and threshold, what? Shook. And the temple was filled with smoke. That is awesome. When the presence of God comes in the room, there's going to be some shaking going on. He's so mighty. He is so powerful. And there may be some smoking going on and not with cigarettes or whatever. I've never seen the glory cloud but I've, I've known his presence. And so Isaiah, when he saw this, said, I'm undone. I'm, I'm over with. I'm a dead man. He didn't feel worthy, but none of us are. But we need the presence of God in our life and in our services. It's, it's so awesome to worship the Lord together. I'm so grateful for the ministry of our worship team. Because I'll tell you what, by the time they're done, I'm fired up, ready to preach the gospel. Because they've brought us into the presence of the Lord. And once we're in the presence of the Lord, we need to listen to the Lord. There's a reason he wants us in his presence so we can learn from him. The sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross resulted in a shaking as well. Look at Matthew 27, 50. I know I'm reading a lot of scripture, but it's good stuff. And I'll try to act it out real good. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This curtain was super thick. It wasn't a small thing. It was incredibly thick. It weighed so many thousand pounds. And when Jesus gave up his spirit, that curtain was torn in two. And then it says, the earth shook and the rocks split. Now this Next verse, it always intrigues me. It's only found in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, I believe. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Is that incredible? When Jesus died, tombs were broken open and, and dead people came back to life. And they came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Well, there's Uncle Fred, bless God. What are you doing around here? You've been dead a whole long time. Come here, give me some love, Uncle Fred. But what's so amazing is verse 54, when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. The Roman centurion became a believer 
because of the shaking. I want you to understand there's going to be a shaking going on, and it's for the unbeliever to come to Christ. And when that shaking takes place, we better be ready because he's going to bring them in. The the end-time harvest is coming. Surely he is the Son of God. And so the resurrection power of Jesus was manifest at his crucifixion, but it was also manifest at his resurrection. Look at Matthew 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary... See, I told you there's 97 Marys. That I preached the wrong Mary in my first sermon. Where am I at? Yeah, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it I just think that's so cool he rolled back the stone and then sat down sat on the stone and where are we going okay yeah verse 3 his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow and the guards were so afraid of him they they shook and became like dead men you bet you would you see this angel come down and roll a stone and sit on it, man, you'd be freaking out too. They shook and became like dead men. They were doing the funky chicken. That's what Jolene was afraid of if I was going to grab that electric fence. I'd be doing the funky chicken. That's why she was filming it so we could get money. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead, pen, dead men. The prayer of God's people also brought a shaking in Acts 4 that we've been studying. They were prayed up, and then they were shook up because of their prayers. Not only that, we see another shaking going on. Praising God by singing songs and hymns will shake up the heavens, will shake up the spirit realm. Look at this. Acts 16, 22. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. He wasn't about to take a chance with these guys. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And listen to this. And the other prisoners were listening to them. The other prisoners. Hey, that's a, I like that beat. <laughs> Wish it wasn't happening at midnight, but, you know, it's all right. You know what amazes me? Paul and Silas were doing the will of God and got thrown into jail. And they didn't whine and complain and say, why are we in jail? I just tried to do your will, God. How come I, they're not just in jail. They're in the inner jail. They're in stocks and bonds and money market accounts. No, they're in those things that latch your feet. And they latched your feet and your hands so you're bent forward like a C, letter C. And after a while, your back would spasm. I mean, it was terrible. I don't know about you, but I, I wouldn't be singing, I don't think. I wish my faith were stronger, but these guys, they began to sing. You know what? No matter what shaking is going on in your life, it's a good time to praise God. To sing a song of praise. I'm telling you what, just belt it out. Especially if you're in your car. Everybody's going to think you're nuts. It's okay. They can't hear you. But I'm telling you what, if if you are shaken by what life has brought you, you begin to sing songs of praise, and God's going to do a whole different kind of shaking. 
And so, verse 26, you know, you got this concert, you got this concert going on in the jail. You know, and Silas is doing the beatbox and, you know, <laughs> giving rhythm to Paul. In verse 26, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. I'd like to see that on The Voice. <laughs> or American Idol. Come on, bring the house down. Let, I, I tell you what, if they sang and things were shaken, they'd win. Because everybody's chains came loose. I want to tell you this is what praise does. Breaks the chains. And we feel burdened down and we feel prisoner and we feel captive by our emotions and our fears and all that we're going through, our circumstances. But if you will begin to praise the Lord, those chains can't stay. He is the chain breaker. Our praise breaks the chains. Now we know that some shaking is literal. We see, I mean, there was a shaking going on. There was an earthquake. Some shaking is symbolic. It's not a, a shaking that we can see, but it's a shaking in the spirit realm. So some shaking isn't what we can see with our own physical eyes. When I was in high school, way back when, oh my goodness, I had my 40th reunion. Can you believe that? A year ago, I I didn't go. I didn't want him to see me. <laughs> Although I've grown a lot since. Um, <laughs> just not up. <laughs> so I was in high school. This is why I write these things down or I get lost. And so it was time to buy a new car. We had a dimpled Dodge, or no, no dimpled Datsun B210. Anybody have a Datsun B210? I'm sorry. I did too. Can you imagine being in high school driving and dimpled? Because it had been through a hailstorm in Wyoming, and so it was dimpled. It looked like a golf ball. It was even white and roundish. It's hard to pick up chicks in high school. Hey, baby, want to ride in the golf ball? You know, it's kind of embarrassing to have a Datsun B210. So I wasn't complaining when Dad said it's time for a new car, and we bought a new Brand new. Usually we didn't buy new cars. We always buy used cars. But for whatever reason, we bought a brand new Ford Granada. Just say the name, Granada. Just, just, in fact, just end it, nada. <laughs> Traded one anti-chick magnet for another. <laughs> so not long after we got the car, we went on vacation at zero dark 30. Because that's when we would go on vacation. I don't know about you all, but we went when it was dark. Get a jump on the road, you know, the traffic. What traffic? We're in Round Mountain, Nevada. There's not a town for 60 miles. So it was zero dark 30, and I was laying down in the back seat. This was before you had to be seat buckled, so I wasn't in sin. I was laying prone in that back seat, trying to sleep. My mom was driving, and all of a sudden... The car starts fishtailing wildly, and I'm bouncing back and forth in that back seat, flailing all around. Should have worn my seatbelt, goodness sakes. And, and we're, the car is fishtailing, and I'm thinking, we are shook up. We are going to die. And I found out, finally, Mom pulled it together. She, she had hit deers before. I mean, she, she's run into things. And this happened to be a cow. 
that she was trying to dodge. Because back in Round Mountain Tonopah, it's open range. So the, there are no fences. And the cattle can roam wherever they want to roam on the Lone Prairie. And the problem is, is if you, if you kill a cow, you pay for it. That's the law. So I don't know if mom was looking for dinner or something, but all of a sudden in zero dark 30 appeared a cow in her lane and she overcorrected and we were fishtailing down the highway at 55 miles an hour because that they would not go 56 because it was the speed limit and, and it probably saved our lives. So there, I was shaken up in the back seat. I was awake, no more sleeping. Didn't matter if it's zero dark 30, I'm helping mom now. So there is a shaking that takes place. And the voice of God brings a shaking. Look at Hebrews 12, 25. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we? If we turn away from him who warns us from heaven. Listen, this is a time to take heart. To to do some self-evaluation. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. And the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, and his voice will shake the earth once again. In those days, God had started a shaking, and everything this world trusts in besides God will be shaken. All human kingdoms and nations will be shaken. However, the kingdom of God can never be shaken. Make sure you're in the right kingdom. Because there's one that cannot be shaken. Don't fret when earthly governments and countries collapse. So what are we to do? We're to be thankful and worship God with reverence and awe. He is a consuming fire. Yes, we, are, we love the Lord, but we need a healthy fear of the Lord too and a reverence for God. This will be our testimony to the world. While everything and everyone on earth is being shaken to the core of their beings, we are not shaken. Now this this comes from that being in prayer, prayed up. If you don't want to be shaken up and fall, be prayed up. I'm gonna s I, I love this, but I wanna pause right here and pick it up next week. Would you stand with me? Immediately after I give this blessing, we're going to break for the annual business meeting and our tellers will be in place. You'll go back and find your name on the membership list. You'll get a fob and a snack and come back into the sanctuary and we'll get together as soon as we can. Before I bless you, I want to pray for you. I think there's some people that have been through a shaking. Maybe your faith has been shaken. Maybe there's something going on in your life that weighs you down today. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be shaken up. You're in the kingdom of light. You're in the kingdom of God. But it happens to all of us. We all go through times where we're shook. We didn't see that coming and and our faith is challenged. 
And so it's okay to, to admit because, and, and, and even you can be thankful for the shaking because God said so. Because you know you belong to him. So let's pray. God, we know that in this world it's being shaken. Kingdoms are falling. War and rumors of war. But Lord, we are your people and we're of another king. Of another kingdom, thank God. So we should be thankful and worship you in reverence and awe. Because when we worship you in reverence and awe, then you give us a boldness to proclaim your word to the lost and dying. And so we're two key things. We ought to be thankful for what we have and where we're at. We have to be thankful, and then we have to worship in reverence and awe. And so, Lord, for those that are going through a shaking in their life right now, I just I pray for them. I, I cover them in the name of Jesus. And I pray that only the things that will be shaken, that are, that are things we don't need in our life. You're bringing a shaking so that only things that cannot be shaken will remain. And so, Lord, I just pray you would see people through this time. Lord, that they know that you have a purpose and a plan and that we would be prayed up and shaken up, Lord, ready for your return. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. We'll take a few minutes to set up for the meeting and we'll be right back. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.